producing on a deadline. What's up, Don Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy. I'm a music producer much like yourself, and I want to welcome you to another episode of In The Dot. Now, if you're new to the series, this is a series where we interview huge music producers to come and dissect their songs in real time so that you can learn straight from the source. You don't have to scour the internet looking for answers from someone who doesn't even have the answers. No, 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 you learn straight from the source right here. So in this week's episode, we are going to be interviewing Pronounced Yeah, and he's going to be breaking down his song Freedom. It's an amazing song, totally awesome song. You should go check that song out. But right now, let's talk about a few things that you can plan to walk away with in this week's episode. Number one, layering ambience underneath your track. Number two, layering processing to get absolutely huge results. Number three, putting glitch two on percussions to get even crazier results. And number four, like I mentioned, how to produce on a deadline. Now, there are a lot more things in this episode besides those four topics, but I just want to give you something to look forward to. Also, before we get into it, I just have to mention that this week's episode of In The Dot is sponsored by the Zodiac Masterclass. So if you want to learn how to make 14 songs that went on to get over a hundred million streams and you want to learn from the producer who actually made those songs go ahead down in the description is a link go ahead and click that link it'll take you over to the zodiac masterclass and you can get more information over there zan griffin the absolutely just beautiful human being he made an album called the zodiac album he's going to break down the entire album for you it's absolutely fantastic go down in the description and check it out over there you can also just head on over to dawnation.net and find it over there also if you want to keep learning from huge music producers like this every single week then go ahead hit the subscribe button and that little notification bell so that you get notified every single time that we put out a new piece of content. So, Donation, with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and ask our wonderful, just beautiful, gorgeous, amazingly attractive, this is so awkward, video editor Ben to introduce us to Pronounced Yeah and to take us in the dark. <laughs> Start right from the beginning, the intro, all the cool stuff in this in the, in the beginning. Let's check it out. All right, I already stopped doing stuff. So first off, piano. What's the piano? For the piano, I always use Contact. Let's pull it up real quick. Pretty much just Contact Grand. This is my go-to. You know, like straightforward. Obviously, like I cut down all the lows, and for this intro, I wanted to like filter out, briefly beat it in, that type of effect. And I went with some pretty like standard chords on this because this is actually like, I don't even know like what version this is of this song because Molly sent me the vocals like way back and I went through like a ton of different versions until like one day I like had to get a version back. I was actually at South by Southwest and they're just like, yo, get us a version like within the day. And I was like, oh crap, like <laughs> I got to get this done. So I sat down like in my Airbnb and just like played out these chords that like fit with the vocals and then like built the whole song in like one quick session in the Airbnb and then like after added more to it but so i like i went with the chords that are always reliable you know like this standard chord progression and what what chord progression is it like is it do, like would you know uh off the top of my head i'm just looking at it real quick uh this one is d a d a e f but i think that's just the um like the one six four like five one one six four five yeah i don't don't quote me on that because i can't remember but like i'm pretty sure that's <laughs> that's the one it is my theory is kind of rough right now no it's totally fine so when you're playing these in like 
did you actually play them in in your Airbnb or did you just click them in and figure it out that way? I played them. So I love playing my like computer keyboard, but I can't record in real time on it. So I played it on my keyboard, but then I like set it to MIDI with the actual timing because <laughs> my timing is is whack. My timing's always kind of off. I totally understand. Did you know that you can actually like you could play on your keyboard, you could play it and still have it recorded without recording it? Yeah, yeah. The Ableton 10 thing, right? Yeah, the capture. Okay, just as long as you know that. For those watching who don't know what that is. So let's say you're playing on the keyboard, either, you know, like your actual keyboard right here on a push or on a normal keyboard, whatever. And you're like, oh, crap, I didn't press record. There's a little button up at the top of Ableton. And if you press that, it actually like, yep, it's that guy right there. You push that and it just pops it right back in. And just it's really weird. And I don't really understand like how like what the time frame is, you know, like if you play it and then wait a half hour and then go push it, would it still work? I don't really know. It's really cool. You know, it's kind of just magic. It, it, it always works when you want it to. And that's what you got to know. <laughs> So we got we got the piano chords playing, and then what's so contact on on channel thirty four contact five is that also is that just the top line of the piano or what's that? So yeah, I record a little melody. This one I just made fully in MIDI, just a like little intro melody. like a little intro melody and that one actually didn't um i don't remember if i made this at the start or at the end i i don't think i made it at the start i'm pretty sure i added this in like after everything else just to give the the intro some more like like feeling you know some more space to it that's awesome so what what other elements are in the intro i think i heard a vocal i think i heard a couple other things in the intro so i'm trying to find a this little vocal super quiet super high pitch super verbed out i pretty much just took a chop of her vocal pitched it up two octaves and then ran it through an amp panned it reverb little bit of like side chain like kickstart feel and like filtered it in so give it that like super like spacey effect so was this was this vocals was this just some ad libs that she sent over yeah this is uh this is actually a part of the main of the main hook so actually i can just like unreverse it and play you what it sounds like normally So it's just that intro, the first line she says, but reversed, pitched up a lot and like time stretched. Ah, such a good, that's actually such a good songwriting arrangement trick to taking something from a future part of the song and teasing it in in the, in the beginning. Smart, it's good stuff. Yeah, because it, 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 like, it kind of makes it like a little recognizable. This is dope because I'm like also like revisiting what I did because I don't even totally remember all this stuff. So this is like, this is sick. And then I threw in a little riser in here. So I have a couple go-to risers, but recently I've been using like um, Havoc Roth's risers just because they sound great. I don't even mess with them that much. I just cut off all the lows and pan them. Nice. Okay. So, and you got the little auto pan on there, just sending it back and forth ever so gently. Yeah, exactly. So super, super simple. I mean, like the base sample here is already like so fire. Like I don't want to mess with it too much. I love that riser. And then in all my tracks, I love throwing in a little bit of like nature ambiance almost. So in this one, I went with thunder and river. Oh, that's can't really, nice. You can't really hear it, but it just adds like a little bit of noise that kind of fills out the spectrum. And then River. That one's real quiet. <laughs> Here, I'll turn up the gain actually so you can actually hear it. So like I, I usually in all my tracks, I have some kind of nature in it. Yeah, it's because it yeah, it was really quiet. It's like down by negative 50 dB. But that's great. That it's <laughs> just sitting in the background. It just fills up the spectrum, you know, and like it just adds noise instead of like usually instead of white noise. Or like, cause I love adding like noise to stuff to fill it out. So it's just like a cool way to add noise, in my opinion. I have that literally running through the entire. Um, but yeah, those pretty much make up the whole intro besides a little snare pop I threw in. 
So pretty much the whole intro, the idea of it was just like add a, as much space as I can around like just because like really the piano is the only thing adding anything like melodic. So it's like how much space can we add around it? That makes up the, the intro. Also, there's a little section at the bottom. It says dead. What is that? Oh, <laughs> so this was like the first rendition I had when it went into her voice. I just had a little like pop drum line going. Super standard like pop structure drum. So I took that out because I felt it was a little wasn't necessary. Yeah, whenever I make tracks, I, I always like I'd like to keep as many of the ideas that I didn't use as I can in case I want to use them again before they like slow down my CPU. After the intro, I'll just play it out. Brown eyed baby with a heart of gold. Left the city for your summer soul. Got me so hooked with your heavy hole. Walking fast in a living dream You saved me from a livid sea Make me feel like I'm 17 again it's just like verse one, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. The vocals come in. Basically, all the elements are the same. I heard a little bit of things you brought in. So what are the like the extra things that you brought in with this section? So in this part, I brought in a real bass. So not a real bass, a real fake bass, a fake real bass. Sorry, is what I should say. So I brought in this. Just following the main chords, warming up and filling out the low end. Didn't add any percussive elements. I forgot to mention that I do have a, a like a pad kind of going. Oh, you have that going. Okay. So you have that going in conjunction with the piano going, right? So this is just a, a layer playing the same chords. Yep, it's just arping it and it's just like all spacey. So I'll, I'll play it out real quick. This one is also in the intro. I just totally somehow missed it. <laughs> So following the main chords, classic like 16th note arp going up an octave. Nothing too exciting on the processing. I just kind of like EQ'd out all the lows, boosted the highs, filtered it in with the rest of the stuff because I, I like to do that a lot in all my tracks, just filtering elements in. Super verbed out um, and then panning. And then later on it gets washed out at the end of the verse. The classic bass clef easy washout. That's like the, that's like a, probably one of the best things that exists for Ableton. So now with the vocals that came in right here, with the vocals, did you process them or did she process them. So I got sent to me the dry vocals with like a bit of processing on them, but then I threw a bit of this vocal rack on here. And then, so like instead of side chaining stuff, I just use kickstart. So if you ever see kickstart and I call it side chaining, that's just what I mean. You ever use kickstart? All the time, dude. All the time. Yeah, exactly. So I just did some side chaining through that. And then this vocal rack that I use. Holy cow. That's a really intense vocal rack. So actually, I, I got this from a YouTube tutorial that I was following that I was learning from because vocal processing is like not my forte. Day. Like I've been wanting to get good at it for a long time, but that stuff's hard. But pretty much the gist of this vocal rack is adding a lot of space to vocals. So like without it, it sounds like this. Brown eyed baby with a heart of gold, left the city for your summer soul. Got me so hooked with your heavy hold. Eh? So you can kind of hear how it's like, this is just like a lot of delays and a lot of reverbs. So you have your main drive vocal, and then the second layer that you have is a glue compressed vocal, which is, yeah, the release is, okay, so the attack is really long, the release is really short, which is very classic compressor setting for vocals. It's barely, so it's barely doing anything. And then the compressor number two, it's just, okay, so it's just regular compressor. And you have a flanger and a filter delay. Is that what that next one is? Interesting. Okay. So I, I don't want to take credit for this vocal rack, though. I can't remember where I got this from. Um, I watched a tutorial for it so i don't want to take any credit for this i wish i could give credit where it's due because it's like a fire vocal rack but um yeah wow that's so i've i've never seen like genuinely i've never seen something like that before 
because usually I, I understand like the theory behind it, right? Because like when it comes to vocal production, you have a crap ton of layers, you have a crap ton of vocals and all of them are just slightly different from each other, right? And it creates this really big, thick, beautiful vocal. In this instance, it's just one vocal, but it's kind of creating how, how many different chains are in there? Seven, eight, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Okay, so there's nine. So it's basically creating nine different layers, but it's all within the same rack. It's all really subtle. Yeah, it's all it, it, it is, right? Because that's normal. You have all these different layers with vocal production and they're all just slightly subtly different, but it creates this big, massive, huge, beautiful vocal. So instead of having all those different layers, because you just have one layer right here, that is what this vocal rack is doing, is doing that for you. I've never seen it done like that before. That is so cool. It's really cool. I really wish I could remember where I saw this on YouTube. It's like a good like 30 minute video, if I remember correctly. And it like really goes deep into this and it's fire. But <laughs> That's so cool. cool. Or so you have the vocal being split nine different ways and then they're all being ran through the same reverbing chorus. Is that right? These are dead. I just like kept them there because I used them at one point. I don't remember why I used them, but. <laughs> and so then, and then Kickstart is just your side chain. Yeah, I throw Kickstart on pretty much everything because I'm too lazy to do my own like actual like side chaining. I know like you can be way more accurate if you like do your own side chaining with like a ghost kick or something, but. So with Kickstart, so I use Volume Shaper. So I've used Kickstart before, but I've literally only used it like I just threw it on and then had it on a four in the floor style thing. Can you can you MIDI trigger this? Kickstart? No, nah, you, you can just set it. I mean, if you can MIDI trigger it, I've never learned how. So is Kickstart the entire time dipping her vocals every quarter note? Yeah, in this instance, yeah. I didn't mess with the mix at all. I didn't mess with anything else. The whole time her voice is kind of pumping. Brown eyed baby with a heart of gold Left the city for your summer soul Got me so hooked with your heavy hold eh. This is really cool. This is this is such an interesting way of looking at this kind of stuff because you it's it's like slightly pumping even when there's no drums going on. Yeah, exactly. It's it's super subtle just to keep the vibe like keep the track moving, keep the energy still there. This is probably the most. I got to be honest. This is the most genuinely interesting way I've ever seen someone process vocals, which is really <laughs> nice because after a hundred episodes, this is really cool to see something new. Yeah, I mean, I also got really lucky because these vocals. Well, first of all, like Molly's an insane vocalist, and then the recording, the first recording she sent me was also. Just just like great off the bat. So I didn't have to do too much because it was already amazing. But <laughs> so in the verse, also another thing to keep it moving, I have little vocal reverses the whole time. You can like hear that, like, ah, uh, that thing. <laughs> and then also this. That's beautiful. Can we hear it in context? Brown eyed baby with a heart of gold Left the city for your summer soul Got me so hooked with your heavy hole Walking Oh, that's so nice. They're so gentle. Pretty much same with same as like concept behind the kickstart is like since this track had to come together like kind of quickly, you can kind of see like how like I, I kind of like did things to keep it like moving forward. If that like makes sense, like every element is kind of adding space that kind of pushes the track forward, like the builds leading to the next. It's all kind of a continuously building, like starting off really subtle. And like as we go on, obviously we'll get more pronounced, but kind of the idea behind this. It's amazing. So in the next half of the verse, the next part of the verse. Again. Okay, so you introduced the drums. Is there any other elements that were introduced in this section? Yeah, I actually forgot to mention this earlier because I that's like 
But, um, this guitar right here, basically my go-to when I need to add in space, even more space, like melodic space, I've started doing palm muted guitar, running one note across the entire chord progression. Right here, I'll just play it by itself. So pretty much the reason I do this is because it adds so much space up top and I add it with a little bit of rhythm. So it's like heavy on the heavy one, then two, three, one, two, three. You can kind of kind of see it. it's like, oh wait, never mind. I didn't do it on this one. Never mind, psych. I usually do it. I thought I did on this one. Just like rolling through, kind of keeping the energy moving on top of everything, adding more space. Oh, I see what you say. So you so you put that you put the guitar playing basically on every quarter note, but you change the velocity on there to give it like a like certain emphasis on certain rhythms. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So this guitar right here, this guitar French guitar pad. What is the actual guitar layer? This is like an Ableton pack that I found that like is really dope. It's just like literally got a bunch of guitars, and I've never actually like dove deep into it. I've just like accepted it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's accepted as oh, I see, I see. So it's an actual like came with Ableton and they, they've sampled it and put it in here. I see. So basically, yeah, so what this is, is it's it's from Ableton. It's like actually from the company Ableton. And it's, it's just recordings of guitars that they put into a, a sampler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've tried recording myself playing guitar. I don't have a good setup for that. So until I finally find a good setup, <laughs> I'm going to probably keep using Ableton guitars because they sound great. And like messing with the velocity makes it sound like a real guitar. So I'm like, this is sick. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it's fantastic, man. So you have this muted guitar playing in the background, which is super cool. And I have a really amazing muted guitar that I really feel like you should check out. Have you ever checked out the scoring guitars by Heaviosity? No, I haven't. Is that true? Scoring guitars? Is that right? Hold on, because I might I might have told you the wrong thing. Pull it up, because honestly, the more guitar sounds I have, the happier I am. Is it from Heaviosity? Yeah, that's it. That's the thing right there. They have the most beautiful. To be fair, this the pack that I have. Which which one do I have? I think I have pack one. I think I can't remember. They apparently have three packs now. The pack one that I have is all electric guitar. There's no acoustic guitar. So maybe the pack two or pack three has acoustic guitars by now, but the elect palm muted electric guitar in there is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in my entire life. Genuinely like the best. So check that out. I got to check it out because palm muted electric guitars are like there. I don't I haven't made a track without a palm muted electric guitar rolling on top in I don't know how long. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you got that going on. What, is there anything else that you got going on in this section as well that wasn't in the previous section? Just the drill, like the kick and the snare. It's not really not that exciting. It's really like standard stuff. This isn't usually also how I make drums. I split this up for stemming. Usually like I draw my drums in one like audio audio track, but to stem this out, I have to split them up. Just pretty standard kick snare pattern. And then it's just being, both of them are just being filtered in at different rates. I also do have some percussion though. So for my percussion, I like switch between whether I'm using loops, making my own or like shredding loops. A lot of this track is kind of representative of like making stuff in the time crunch, which I feel is kind of cool to look into, like the, like the actual like songwriting idea behind that. So it's just like, I, I threw in this shaker because like shakers always keep tracks moving. And then I just found this loop and it just like worked. And I didn't question it. I just kind of like threw it in. And like if it works, you know, roll with it. <laughs> Both of these being really subtle, verbed out and panning the whole time. Hold up, what's that? I can't, I, I can't, I don't know which track you're on, but there is a glitch pro plugin on that. What is that? Shaker. Shaker. And what, what is that glitch plugin? 
Oh, Glitch is my favorite plugin in the world. It basically is just like glitch sounds that you can mess around with. So these are like all the different things you can do. And pretty much it's just like any standard grid you can put in. I want this effect here, want this here. And so to, to spice up some drums, I like to throw a like, subtle glitch on it. So it's like without glitch, the shaker would be pretty like straightforward. But then if you throw a glitch on it, that sort of straightforward rhythm gets kind of choppy. It just adds a lot of life to your percussion and like it, it makes it it makes it feel less I don't want to say robot because like adding glitches is like making it robot but like you know it makes it sound less like mechanical I guess would be I don't even know if that's a good word for it. It just makes it feel more alive, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And then you put that all together and you have a pretty like standard moving drum rhythm. So that kind of wraps up the drums that I brought in here. Do that times two for the second part. And that brings us, listen to that through into the build. Okay, so before we start breaking down the actual elements in the build, do you have any methods of building a build that you've come to know and love? Definitely. I have like my classic go-tos. Yeah, so always love teasing a lead from the drop. Like just like if I'm going to start a build, I'm always going to tease it. Like give a little taste of it because you want like, like it can be cool to shock people with a lead. But if I'm like going to start laying out a build before I want to decide whether or not the lead wants to shock or like surprise, I'm going to put it in the build first to see if like that sounds better to get you more prep for the build. Maybe I'll take it out because sometimes it'll sound better if the lead kind of shocks, but that's always a go-to because it always sounds kind of, it always like, I feel like it's a good idea to prep the listener a little bit to like expect something if the lead sounds really cool. It's got like something like that. So you got, so you, in this instance, you do have the lead kind of being teased in into the build yeah i'm filtering it in yeah and it just keeps filtering up until it's completely out of the filter perfect and what i want to go over what that lead is when we get into the drop but that's the first that's the first thing that you love doing is usually taking the lead and, and teasing it in is there any other build techniques build strategies that you implement here yeah uh crash a riser and then build a riser <laughs> always crash a riser at the start of it always build a riser out of it that's my go-to one personal thing that i i feel like not a ton of people do but that i've done on all my tracks since i started producing since i found this out by accident is i always throw a reverse taiko drum before the drop so like if you ever heard a taiko drum you know they're big airy big kind of bassy and when you reverse that, you get this sweep that sounds, in my opinion, way better than a reverse kick because reverse kicks are really like aggressive, but this still has that like bassiness of reverse kick without being like explosive in your headphones. It sounds like this. Nice. I love that. Like that boom. But it's not like too abrasive, like it doesn't take away from the bass on the drop because it's not super bassy, but it's like just bassy enough to like... <laughs> just bassy enough. So I kind of always try to throw that on. So always risers. This is an instance of the lead that I just pitched up.
Yeah. So you're a big fan of having some kind of element in the job that is continually pitching up until you get to the job. Yeah, usually. I don't always do it, but like it, yeah, it sounds really good. <laughs> I mean, every drop is different, but always a classic like snare riser is key. And then like, you know, speed up the snare, speed it up. And then I always like to pitch it up at the end. Oh, it's like the last bar so. Always the last measure before the fill. I like to just like send the snare up, you know, like. Yeah, I think it's a thing that a lot of people do. It's because, you know, it sounds good. It's tried and true. It's defective. <laughs> of course, of course. Do you tend to, when you do builds, do you tend to have the kick and the snare both building at the same time? Do you only do the snare? Do you only do the kick? Do you, like, because right here, it looks like you do both the kick and the snare. I'm just talking, like, in, in generalities, do you usually do both of them? So, yeah, it's it's always tough because, like, um, obviously depends track to track. But if Generally, if I lead with the kick through the verse and the kick's like an important part of the verse, then I will keep the kick going at a slower pace than the snare. So since the kick is just like continuous here from earlier, felt good to keep it going. Got the kicks covered. We got the risers covered. Leads playing in. Got your river continually flowing. <laughs> is there anything else in, inside the build that, that you feel like we need to talk about? I think for the build, it's it. Like the build is pretty standard here. I just kind of kept the chords moving. I didn't change up the chord progression. I didn't do anything too like theory-wise shocking. I just kind of kept it rolling because her voice really carries a lot of this build. I think it's like one of the best parts of the whole performance is her pre-build performance or pre-drop performance. I agree. And you didn't do anything different to the vocals during the build? No, I didn't change anything. Because like uh, I'm like a firm believer, like if you have something like really amazing, if you have a really amazing vocal performance like don't don't mess with it let it shine like it's really easy to like take away from it by doing too much production so it's like it's better to let it ride and, and hold its own because it's if it's really good you know just like let it let it take up its space of, of course of course so let's check out the good old drippy job I like this drop because it is reminiscent of like when I first started producing. A thing that I was really big on in my production that I don't do as much as I use as I would like to anymore is like the heavy like hits on one, like the heavy one, heavy two, like hit really hard. I, I used to really like doing that, and so it felt good to do that again on this track. Yeah. So what's your like your main kind of gritty bass layer you got going on? So it's a funny story with this bass. Um, I don't know if you like heard my other stuff, but back in like. I want to say like 2017 or 2016 i put out a, a remix of halsey with a bit with this exact bass that i've been using ever since it's called first bass because it's the first bass i ever made in serum <laughs> <laughs> i made it when i first got serum trying to follow a tutorial that i completely butchered i did everything wrong in the tutorial but i got this sound instead i'll just play it real quick Still sounds good to me. So I followed the tutorial instructions wrong and I ended up with that. And I was like, that's kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so I've been using that as like my driving bass on drops for certain songs. So I feel like it really just hits hard with drums. Like I'll match with the kick. It's like very like sounds great very thick <laughs> yeah so what's the second layer that you have right below it when i first started producing i just did all my bass in one thing but i actually just split this bass up for this track into two parts the sub and the top half just to have more control over the sub yeah usually like usually i don't do this like this just came after because like i had 
Edmonton and like wanted to be like actually have control over the sub. So I like to split them up if I if I do that. And honestly, it's good even split up in my opinion. But you have more control if you split them up. So that's awesome. So that's your main gritty, gnarly base. And I just want to see something. So if you if uh so you have the serum, you have the serum patch right there, all the EQ compressor reverb, and then blue compressor EQ three. E so you have an EQ three. Tell me more. So yeah, I know I know it's like kind of controversial to use EQ three because I feel like people always use just eight instead. I use EQ three for one really specific purpose, and that's for when I want to do just like low end cuts, just to emulate the actual just like twisting of a knob, because that's pretty much just like what I imagine it doing, you know. Okay. All right. So just right where there where that automation is, that's where you did it. Yeah. So I did it on both of these. It's probably it's definitely more noticeable on the um, sub, but. Uh, so that's the main gr gritty, gritty, bassy, nasty, gnarly, hairy. I'm, I'm running out of adjectives. <laughs> and then you got your lead synth that's playing below that. So lead synth actually is pretty, it's like follows a pretty standard like melody. It's like not even like too exciting, but to make it more exciting, I added lots of like little bends to it. Yeah, so just like leading in each note. So question with how you arrange your drop. So this is something that's been different with everyone that we've had on the show. When you are doing your drop, do you start with the drums and completely flesh out a drum arrangement and then move on to the sounds? Or do you create the sounds and then create drums for the sounds? Man, that's a tough question. In this track, I knew that I wanted this bass to be the main element, the big heavy like hits. So it was really easy to do the drums first because I knew what the bass was going to do. So if I knew what the bass was going to do, I knew the drums had to follow like a similar pattern. So in this instance, knew I wanted to do the bass, brought the bass patch in, and then built the drums and then matched the bass line up to the drums. Got it. Okay. So you actually, so it's, you created the bass first and then you created drums and then you put the bass with the drums, right? If I like if I know what the bass is going to do, then I'll do the drums first because I know what I want the bass to do. If I don't know what the bass is going to do, then I'll do the bass first, settle that and then add drums later. Good. That's really good to know. Cool. So the drum pattern that you have in the drop, is it the same drum pattern that you had in the verse or is now a new drum pattern? So it's a totally new drum pattern now. It follows the structure of like a drop formatted in a way that's like heavy, like downbeats. So I'll get the percussions in. Like really heavy just like drive that point home of like one two you know like really overemphasize it almost so i'm hearing a really slappy i don't know how to explain it very slappy snare going on i basically have a snare layered with a clap uh, i can't remember exactly what snare i used here oh it's just a cinematic snare look at that <laughs> literally like just reverb on it no other processing so it's, it's just a punchy snare just inherently just a punchy snare that uh, i layered with alternating claps what snare is that can you actually zoom in a little bit i actually want to see the name of that snare because that is a nice snare future bass snare for that thing is nice that is a nice snare usually if i'm like if i'm like in this like time crunch type of like mode of making a track i'll just be like all right find something that sounds good without anything else needing to be done because we don't have time to like get into it and like really change the snare up and sometimes it just ends up being the snare that i end up with it's like the original idea was born with it and I'm not going to go back and switch it up because it's already ingrained in my head you know i think like yeah like finding a good snare sometimes is just really work <laughs> and you don't have to put too much work into it what, what's your 
what's your process like, you know, kicking the snare, putting, you know, doing a kick in the snare pattern, at least for this type of music, you know, it's not that complicated, right? You don't really have complex rhythms going on. You don't really need complex rhythms going on. But what about your percussion? How's your percussion coming to play with all this? So percussion in this track, I actually didn't do too much on like on the drop. I just added just reversed white noise before everything. So that's really the only percussive element I have in this drop, besides a tiny fill right here. Since since this track is just like so like heavy on the downbeats, it's like I didn't really want to take away from that at all. Like really just like you hit the one empty, hit the two empty, and just like really drive that point home, like almost overemphasize it. And does the one when it when the bass comes in on the one, does the bass cut out with the snare? Mm-hmm. The low end basically goes until the until the kick. And actually in this track, I also matched the lead synth to that. So like the lead synth also follows that strategy of like everything goes into the snare, then dead, then everything, then dead. Got it. And what's what's going on when the snare is going on? When the snare hits? Yeah. Is it just snare? Oh, when the snare hits, it's basically just like, it's basically the white noise riser and then vocal background. Oh, okay. All right. I see. Okay. Cool. So on, on beat one, you got the kick and the lead and the bass. And it cuts out with the snare. And the only thing with the snare that's going on is like a little vocal, a vocal thing in the back is, and then obviously the snare with it. Yeah. So just, just noise and vocal. Cause that, that just gives like so much contrast to the next, like the next time the bass comes in, it's just like, you know, a huge bass. Then you just feel everything disappearing and it all comes back in. It just hits that much harder. So right here with these vocals that you're using in the drop right here, are they just, are they just ad lib? or is it uh, did she sing these particular like did she sing specific to to the drop here you see what i'm saying yeah she actually sang these i can just play out what she's saying yeah she sang them and did a really killer performance <laughs> yeah no this is amazing and then i'm assuming that track five and six is actually you just duplicating out a little section right here right yep duplicating the last part with just distortion octave distortion i love that yes yeah, so it's like all about pretty much just like adding a ton of space adding a ton of just noise in between everything that's kind of just like my my the motto behind this track is what I'm realizing. It's like how much space can I add? How much noise can I fill in? So question, is there anything else in the kind of this like a drop that you have right now that we haven't covered? The drop kind of switches up in here. It just goes from like this kind of like one, two to just like four to the floor at ninety BPM after it. Just like a little vibe switch with a fill going into it. Taiko drums to keep the track moving. I love throwing Taiko drums in my tracks. They just hit so hard, you know? Yeah, but overall, this this drop actually was pretty simple and it came together pretty quick because, you know, it had to come together quick. So it's like, what do you do with the time you have? You you fill out stuff that sounds big, fill up the spectrum, and then keep the track moving, you know? Can you actually play the four on the floor part of the, of the drop? Yeah, of course. So one thing I did notice with this second part of the drop is that you added in like kind of like a rising. I'm, I'm assuming it's the lead rising. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, actually, it's her vocal. Ah, vocal. Okay. Yeah, so I took her vocal, took this part, the overdrive part, cut it in half, looped it and pitched it up right there. Got to keep the risers varied, you know? <laughs> of course. Can't have two of the same risers. What are we? 
barbarians <laughs> so now how, how is the rest of the song structured is it like you know like after you come out of the job right here did you just kind of like went and copied the the verse over from like the first verse is that is that how that worked yeah so i added a little just like pause because originally the drop both the drops were twice as long this was originally like a four minute track we ended up cutting out a lot of it the drop used to be twice as long and then this little pause was to give a little break into the next part of the verse the second verse same idea as the intro same drum ideas and the only thing that changes pretty much is what she sings and then the build up second time okay so the build is a little bit different yeah because the strategy i went for this build up was i think in builds you can either go really hard or go like completely empty and so this was kind of just like first one i had a lot of elements second build i wanted to be completely empty so this so this build is much more stripped back doesn't have nearly as many elements uh yeah it's like pretty much like the first build the drums were hitting the whole time she was singing here it's just like i'll play it real quick percussive element that we kept in was the kick really okay i see i see so it's still building you know basically you kept in the kick but kind of got rid of everything else does this drop right here does this mimic the kind of drop a that you had before as well yeah and then it's the second half of the first drop and more forward to the flurry part and then it's just got like kind of like the fake out drop where it's like everything out everything filtered in let her vocal take the intro like i'll just play real quick because i'm so bad at describing sounds <laughs> that idea of the four to the floor part to just like keep it moving and then it's okay yeah it kind of sounds like the rhythm of the actual bass has changed a little bit instead of just swelling it's more like staccato da, 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 right yeah love that so basically on the first bar of the drop you have your big swelling basses second bar of the drop got the more staccato da, 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 and then you go back to the swell and then so on and you just kind of switch it back and forth right yeah that's the whole the whole vibe of the second drop is kind of like swell staccato, swell, staccato. and does the uh does the lead synth mimic that as well yep so the, the whole the lead synth the entire time in this track is mimicking the bass it's like when i was making this track I just like, you know, it's like, oh, what do I do? I'm not sure what to do. And then I thought it'd be cool just like, hey, fill up the whole spectrum with this, mimic it, make it follow it. And like having them match up like this, I think sounds like really kind of sick. I think it's amazing. I think it sounds fantastic. Is there an extra serum layer now in this drop? It looked like there is an extra third serum layer. An extra sub? Oh, an extra sub. Okay. Oh, wait, no, this, is, this isn't actually active. This is dead. I have no idea what this used to ah, be. Ah, those dead things. Those guys. Yeah, I, I don't know why I keep these. I, I like, you know, it's fun when I revisit them to look at, oh, what did I take out? Like, why did I take it out? And then, like, kind of figure it out. And I guess this one I took out because it didn't sound too good. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I think, I think that pretty much covers this drop. The drops are, like, pretty straightforward. I did some, like, fills with utility, which are, like, kind of fun. Let me see where it's at. Weird. I used to have a fill in here with utility. In the final version, I think you'll hear it in the second drop. Just, like, ways to make the track, like, a little more hype. Just, like... I see. So yeah, you're just more so giving it like a like a what's the term for something like that? <laughs> I forget what the term. I just call it a little fill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just volume automation, chopping things in and out, right? It's a, but you use it with the mute yeah, on so utility. I'm, I'm using huh? utility a lot for the volume. It's, oh wow, that's so interesting. I've never seen someone automate the mute on a utility to get that kind of result. So the, is there any other elements inside of this drop right here that you want to talk about, or do you feel like we've covered everything? 
we covered everything, you know, just washing it out on the way out, having the risers roll. Pretty, pretty like straightforward stuff. Like overall, like production wise, this track isn't the most, it, it wasn't like the most like production, technical production wise track, but I think it's like kind of cool the way that it came together with like, oh, we have a time frame. Like, what can we do? We take a bunch of like old techniques and mash them together and you no know, works and try and make it something new, you know? Of course, of course. And after, after the second drop, is it just, I'm assuming it just kind of goes into an outro, right? Yeah. So after the second drop is just like a everything washing out everything verbing out everything delaying out everything just like kind of sending away totally and then what's this extra section to the right that i'm assuming is just an idea that you ended up scrapping right yes yeah, so this is actually the original um length of the second part of the second drop of the song <laughs> i just like didn't want to get rid of it so it's just the the original second drop of the first version of this version that's meta dude <laughs> yeah no no that's awesome but yeah what i was saying is like okay so as far as like technical questions i think i'm all done now i want to I, I want to ask a couple of mind state mind state questions and kind of like uh, like practical questions for you how you were saying that this song you know, like there is a very short time limit that you had to get this done you were really pressed for time how long did they give you to get this done when they're like because you're at south by southwest and how long did they tell you that they needed it like that day so basically originally they gave me like more than a year to work with this acapella I just got sent the acapella from Molly Moore's team and like uh, who she was working with at the time. And like, they were so nice. They were like, hey, like we trust you to make something cool with this. And I was like honored. I was like, wow, like this is sick. Like this is so good. And I spent a lot of time making different versions. A couple of versions that I thought were really cool, but ultimately didn't make the cut. And then one day my manager hit me up and he's just like, hey, you got to get like a version up, like an actual function version up. <laughs> and so he, he told me that. And like the mindset I was in was like, all right, I don't want to lose this because this is like just a truly amazing performance what can i do to like keep this and so that's when i went into like what have i tried before what's worked before what techniques do i like what do i want to revisit mode sort of just like of course of course and so when you're put into those kinds of positions when you got to crank something out really quickly how do you keep your head straight because i struggle with this so like when it's crunch time for me like i'm like oh crap like and it's really hard to focus it's really hard to get everything done the, the way that it needs to get done you know what i mean there's like a lot of stress like i feel like i can't be creative or think you know in in the right mind i'm just like oh crap oh crap oh crap so how how do you how did you handle it in this situation well I, yeah so like, i think the first thing to do is the first thing i do is like you know take it all in take all the the stress in just like accept it to be like all right this is stressful i'm stressed but now we got to like think practically you got to like take that in accept it what's the next step and then the next step is like you know you can do this you know there's a technique to be done you know there's something that can be done to make this sick like think about it really hard and find it like force yourself to find it force yourself to put stuff down like force yourself to make a structure or like in this case force those chords out throw them down and then don't like think about it too much just keep moving because you know you can do this you know you can structure this out like don't get hung up on like one section don't get hung up on like technical to like technical things like you have a time limit you'll have time to revisit it if it's good like you can do this you know you got to have this kind of goofy mentality of like this is possible i love that i think that's absolutely fantastic do you feel like when you have those creative i don't know what you'd say like those those time limitations do you feel like it allows you to be more creative because you're kind of forcing yourself into a creative mind state or do you feel like you're more creative when you kind of have no no outside pressure to get this stuff done yeah i mean i think 
I think that's definitely like tough question, you know, because like you you force yourself to become creative when you have like certain time limits because you're like, hey, I have these limitations. If I don't think of something right now, then we'll lose everything. So it's like you're kind of forced to make something and that act of being forced can sometimes make really cool stuff. But also obviously when you're like have these time limits, you can't do the really crazy production stuff that you would otherwise do if you had like infinite time at your disposal, you know? So it's it's a give and a take. It's like you'll be more creative because you're forced to put stuff down and you're forced to finish stuff but you also can't go in there and like dissect it take it apart do cool things totally totally with anything is there any other concepts not only just technical but is there any other concept or anything else concerning this song that you want to discuss i think a concept is just like a cool concept like that this song represents for me is just like i don't know how to phrase this it's like your track will never like your track will never like be the final version you think it is. And when you get to work in these time constraints, you get to kind of accept that and kind of move past that and still make something that you love. And this track to me represents that because there's a ton of stuff I would still love to add and like change up. But I love what where this track is. I love where it's at. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I'm sure if I had another month to work on it, it would have been a completely different song that I might have not liked as much, you know. So this song kind of represents that idea of like, if you got to get something done, like that can be really good and you can love it and it'll be great. <laughs> Uh, I think that's awesome. Stepping back from this song and just talking about production in general, what is a concept, a music production concept that you feel like you don't understand, but you really want to understand? What is a concept like that for you? Easily sound design. I have no concept of sound design. I've never understood it. Like I've made a re-space once intentionally, and that's like probably the only sound I've intentionally made. Like that is an enigma for me. I'll leave that to engineers. Like I respect people that do it so much because I have just zero concept of sound engineering. <laughs> Those that are watching right now, if you have any tips or tricks or anything like that, that is sound design related, that we can give pronounced yeah that would be really awesome so go ahead and leave it down in the comment section because that would be really helpful for him he just helped you out just broke down the song for you now you can help him out by commenting down below and giving him some advice does that sound good love that that's awesome <laughs> is there anything else any final words anything you want to say this is this is really fun it's cool to actually like revisit this track like shout out molly moore for the great performance and for letting me work on this track What's up, Dot Nation? Really quick, if you enjoyed this episode, take your phone, your laptop, whatever you're watching on, and take a screenshot. Okay, take a screenshot, head on over to Instagram, and tag me on an Instagram story. My handle is at Dot Nation, and pronounced yeah is at pronounced yeah. Mind-blowing. We'd love to know what you enjoyed inside this episode. And by the way, I get back to every single DM. So make sure really quickly to go tag me over on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you like this episode and you want to keep seeing more of this kind of stuff, make sure to hit the subscribe button and hit that little notification bell. You can absolutely just hit the like button as well while you're down there and leave a comment. You might as well do that because we would love to hear from you. We're really good at getting back at comments. So make sure to leave a comment below and I will make sure to get back to you. Seriously, you can go look at the comments right now. I've already replied to like every single one inside of there. So make sure to leave a comment as well. But Donation, with all that out of the way, I have a few more things that I think are really going to help you that I'd love to talk to you about right now. Now, you are watching In The Dot right now, but we also have another series called Behind The Dot. Now, Behind The Dot doesn't focus on the technical side. You know, we're not talking about sound design, mixing, mastering, melodies, none of that. That stays on In The Dot. Behind The Dot is where we interview music industry experts, uh, music producers, singer, songwriters, sound designers, people of that nature, and we interview them on an emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis. So it is the complete pie to being a musician, right? Over on In The Dot, you get the technical knowledge. Over on Behind The Dot, you get everything else, marketing, emotional, philosophical, all that kind of stuff 
lives over on Behind the Dot. So if you want to check out the Behind the Dot episodes, those exist in two places. It exists on the YouTube channel, on the Daw Nation YouTube channel. It also exists on the Daw Nation podcast, wherever you want to listen to it. You know, it doesn't matter which one you're on. The green episodes are going to be the In the Dot episodes, and the purple episodes are going to be the Behind the Dot episodes. So I'd highly encourage you to go check those out as well. The second thing I want to talk to you about is our courses. Now, over here, you've been partaking of our free content, which is great. This stuff is amazing. I love this stuff. But if you really want to take your music production to a whole new level, I'd highly encourage you to head on over to dawnation.net and check out our courses over there. This episode, in fact, is sponsored by one of those courses, which is the Zodiac Masterclass. It's amazing. It's freaking mind-blowing, okay? We had Zan Griffin, who released an album called the Zodiac Album, break down every single one of his songs on that album, which is, it, it, it's just insane. It's like 14 songs. So it's like an episode of In The Daw that you're watching right now, times 14. And the songs that are broken down on there have went on to get over 100 million streams. It's absolutely insane. So you see absolutely everything. It's incredible. We've already had a crap ton of people sign up for it and all of them been like this is absolutely insane like seriously we've been, here's a really good one here's up on the screen right now is a screenshot from au5 au5 right absolutely amazing music producer legendary sound designer took the zodiac masterclass and here's the text that he sent to me so if you want to check that out again go ahead and down in the description and check out the zodiac masterclass link down in the description also you can check out the school base so i mentioned au5 earlier him and i did come together and we made an absolutely just monumental mentally huge sound design course called the school base. So if you want to learn extremely advanced sound design, so you can create sounds that no one else in the world is making, go ahead, head down in the description and click on that link. Or you can head on over to dawnation.net. So again, Daw Nation, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of In The Daw. And if you did, make sure to head on down, hit the subscribe button, take that little notification bell, as well as hitting the like button and leaving us an absolutely wonderful comment. I can't wait to read that comment and comment back on that comment. Lots of comments. Okay, also, if you didn't like the episode, that'd be great. Go ahead and let us know. We'd love to know what we can do to make it better. Also, if you want to see someone come on the show, if you want to see an artist come on the show that you would love for us to interview, comment down below. I'd love to know who that person is. But Donation, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you back here next week for our new episode of Behind the Da.